Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke. You know, Kyle, I think we should start this podcast on a positive note here today. I think we should applaud the draft acumen of Timberwolves president of basketball operations, Tim Connolly. For correctly identifying one of the great talents in this last year's draft, Walker Kessler. Can we give it up for Tim Connolly? What a draft pick. They have found a keen eye overseeing the draft process at Target Center. That's This is going to be a tough one. Well, uh, he's, he's a good he's a good he's, draft scouting guy, clearly. Walker yeah, I mean, Kessler. He, Walker Kessler uh, was the first pick under the Tim Connolly, the regime. Looks like it hit. Uh, he's playing a lot of minutes. He's rising up the value charts on that rookie deal. Uh, none of those good things are happening for the Timberwolves. Well, All their other two draft picks. Uh, that's, that's neither here nor there. Spend a ton of time down in Des Moines, Iowa, or on the Wolves bench waving towels. But, um, yeah, uh, we usually record on Mondays. We should tell people, obviously, yesterday, a holiday, you and I actually chose to just hang out in Seattle together. <laughs> Instead That's of true, yeah. Watch the live version of the game. So we uh we had a beverage. Uh dry January was tough yesterday between I paid for your for your ice water. Yeah, thank yeah. you for that. Charges to the company. Um but no, it was uh you know prior to the jazz game, you know, it was a big game again, obviously for the standings because they're what, I think eight and nine and we'll talk about that. But the Wolves came in hot. I think they were six and one in twenty twenty three. Um that jazz team is gonna linger. So not only do you lose to a team that you have this connection with, but you lose in a way where your big trade acquisition, Rudy Gobert, goes out within the first couple minutes injured. Walker Kessler has a career day. And then just the irony of like, I love Jade McDaniels, but Jade McDaniels, the player who the Jazz really wanted in the trade, missing the corner three to win the game. Like it was uh, not all losses are, are made equal. And yesterday's loss was one loss that did not kill the Wolves, but it definitely felt like about 32 losses. Yeah. It also feels like these two teams are just, it, there's a certain level of wanting to stick it to each oh, other. For that sure. these two Seven teams games have. of this would, would probably be impossible because one of them won't move up high enough in the standings. But if you gave Wolves Jazz as like an April playoff series, that would be the number one series in the league. They're both very salty. They're both sort of offended by the other one's existence, you know, by half the players on the rosters are like, you know, they, they didn't really want me. I'm going to ask you a crazy question. I asked this to, uh, to Royce, Judd, and Declan earlier today on Mackie and Judd. So if you, let's say you're Tim Connolly, all right, you are must- mustached 
Tim Connolly here. <laughs> and uh, you pick up the phone and you call Danny Ainge over in Utah. And you said, Danny, Danny boy, got a question for you. Trade deadline's coming up. How about I offer you Rudy Gobert straight up for Walker Kessler? I get that the salaries don't match, but who would say no to a Walker Kessler for Rudy Gobert? Forget about all the other pieces that were involved in that trade. Straight up Gobert for Kessler. Who says no? The Jazz. And that's why this is that's why this is an issue. Um, But it's also an issue that we identified at the time. Like, again, July 3rd, I tweeted, I'm moving to Mexico if this happens. Uh, It happened. Uh, My wife chose to stay in the States, so I had to come back. But uh, you knew at the time you overpaid. And I also should say that I have some tweets up, I think, that's like, whatever you do in June, don't draft Walker Kessler. So everyone that's like sore about this, yesterday was the worst version of it. None of us really wanted him anyway. I mean, that, we were like, is that just another kind of like Myers Leonard, like kind of stiff seven foot three white guy or whatever? Um, he has looked awesome. He does everything that Rudy does. And to your question about trading him straight up again, I don't know, man. It, it makes you wonder. We do all these lists, Phil. We talk about these rankings. We talk about Bill Simmons' trade value chart. A lot of that stuff ties into contracts. Um, our friend Dane Moore did a really good podcast open today about the DLO salary slot and talks about what happens if you trade him before February 9th or what happens if you lose that slot? And it's because they don't have a lot of financial flexibility for ever. They're not only paying Rudy and Carl, they're going to pay Ant. They're going to pay Jaden. Um, and just, I don't know how else to say it. Like, imagine if you just had Ant and Jaden, that, that second window, plus Walker Kessler making like 1.5 for the next three or four years, right? Like, yeah. as you said, forget about the picks, forget about the other stuff. Um, it's not, the Wolves can still figure it out. I, this, this is the worst analogy in the world. I've said it to you once before, but when Jason Pierre-Paul, a football player, blew off one of his fingers, he just has nine <laughs> fingers now, right? But he still went on, I think, to win a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. Like, he revitalized his career. He made some money, and he won a Super Bowl. But he literally eats dinner with nine fingers or eight and a half fingers. The Wolves just have to now move forward with nine fingers. The There's chopstick maneuvering can... is a little difficult, you know? Yeah, be, exactly, you know, exactly. So it's tough. Um I, I mean, I, I, you know, it also reminded me, too, of what you paid to get Rudy Gobert. I was actually I was going to say this yesterday, dude, but I wanted to wait. It reminds me that if you're pro-trade Carl, anti-trade Carl, um, we've talked about that before. They can't trade him right now anyway. You, you, when the Wolves lose again, they're like, oh, my God, trade Carl, build around Nas. You don't trade Carl until the summer. You do not make blockbuster moves in February. You wait until the summer when these GMs, all these people are kind of bored. They don't have anything else to do because that's when you see overpays. You don't really see overpays on the on the trade deadline. You'll yeah. never see a Rudy Gobert trade in February. You only see that stuff in the summer when like you kind of have more leverage or you're more desperate or people are bored and you know ownerships like oh yeah. Get well, there's leverage. also just like more. It's easier to leverage teams, right? Because it's like yeah. hey, there's there's seven. We got calls from seven teams. Yep. That doesn't happen yep. at the deadline as often. But they're not. But they're also not like scouting games and like February. The trade deadline's chaotic. We're getting ready for All Star break. We're scouting teams. We're over in Europe. We're doing this. We're doing that. It's like. In June, July, you're just bored. You're like, well, I don't know. Let's talk transactions. So yeah. if you want to trade Carl, it can't happen anyway. I don't really want to trade him. But if it does, you wait until the summer when you can start to kind of force other teams that are unhappy or, you know, this team has an angry star player. Like, you wait until the summer. So no more trade Carl talk for me um, because it can't happen. And it also, as the Gobert trade has shown, you just kind of wait until, 
I don't know, like another new owner pops up. It's a real thing, this new owner syndrome, or like maybe the Suns owner's like, no, we got to get Devin Booker's best friend and we'll trade them $3 for Carl. Like that's when you do it. But Walker Kessler essentially just crushing the Wolves in the fourth quarter yesterday as Rudy Gobert was out injured was, I thought the Pistons game at the end of 2022 was a low blow. It's just one loss, but it was a, that's a tough pill to swallow if you're, at Target Center yesterday. It's it's bad enough when you see, you know, Jared Vanderbilt having a Jared Vanderbilt season mm-hmm. in Utah. And, and you know he's going to be kind of a 10 and 10 guy and a scrappy guy. And you, you kind of knew what you were getting rid of there. But it's like, oh, but that's okay because you're getting Rudy Gobert. You're getting like mm-hmm. a, just a better version of all of that over here in Rudy Gobert. But to see Walker, Ke- Walker Kessler has become one of the more productive big men once you get away from like the unicorn big men. I mean, just yeah, like the yeah. traditional the traditional fives, right? He's become one of the the better guys in the league. I mean, per 36 minutes, this is what's crazy. If I would have told you again, you know, hindsight is 2020, but if I would have told you again, at the end of that Memphis playoff series, boy, uh, rebounding and rim protection are pretty big problems with this team. Mm-hmm. But fear not, my friend Kyle, because this summer the Timberwolves are going to add a guy that per 36 minutes averages 14 points, 13 rebounds, Four blocks and shoots 72% from the field. You would have said, oh, yes, inject that into my veins. Uh, well, they did do that. They added Rudy Gobert, but he makes, well, he's going to make 40 plus million dollars here soon. Um, they actually added that first without knowing it for, it's actually $2 million is Walker Kessler's price tag uh, to the cap. So they ha- like they solved the problem sort of unknowingly. Yeah. And then they went this next step forward. It's all, and I get it. You could who could have projected that forty games into his NBA career he was going to be doing this. But the other thing about Walker Kessler is how many games have you watched this season, or even in like Rudy Gobert's career with Utah playoff games where the opposing team is running a small ball lineup? There's a lot of games that just kind of turn out to not be Rudy Gobert games, mm-hmm. but you feel mm-hmm. obligated to play him for thirty plus minutes because of the money that he makes. He's on a max contract, and you kind of shoehorn it in. That's the beauty of Walker Kessler. You can just kind of there's games where you're like, "Oh, hey, we love you, but you're a rookie. This is going to this is not going to be a Walker Kessler night. You're going to play 13 minutes tonight and no one's offended because he's a rookie making 2 million dollars." So you can like you can tap into all the upside of having that type of a player, but then you can sit him with nobody being offended, no egos being squashed in games that maybe are a little bit more up tempo, need to space it out. You know, five small guys on the floor. Boy, this is a joyous episode of Flight <laughs> gotcha. House here, isn't it? All right, two things. One, Jane McDaniels has been money from the corners. So when Ant kicks it out to him yesterday at the buzzer, that is a shot that I would just hope that they continue. Like that, I'm down with Jane McDaniels shooting sure. from the corner. He's been great. He hits that. They're seven and one this year. Um, and we're like, oh, Walker Kessel is pretty good. But you know what? He also actually, if you go watch that last play, is kind of a defensive liability. Like Ant draw, draws him to the rim, kicks it out to Jaden. Jaden McDaniels is wide open, and that was Walker Kessler's guy. Um, but that, I think, is the point that you just made, is where this is like the eight and a half fingers. Um, if you ask me who would you rather have in a playoff series starting April 10th, every, nothing else matters, just Rudy Gobert, Walker Kessler, I'm still actually going to take Rudy Gobert. I'm going to take the defensive three-time player of the year guy. Um, it sucks that he's hurt right now. But if he's healthy and Walker Kessler's healthy, I do think Rudy Gobert is the better player. But then it actually does matter that you talk about everything else, 
right? The salary, the ability to, you can't bench $35 million guys. You can't without it being a story. You can bench $2 million rookies anytime. You can just, the Jazz did it yesterday. They came back, played five guards or like Vando at the five. So, but the thing is, and this is where I think the Wolves can go forward and eat a lot of meals and do a lot of successful things with the fingers that they have remaining on their hands. This had to have been discussed. (laughs) And that is like the one caveat that we're going to find out at some point. I remember when Doogie, like in December, when it was tough, was like, oh, there might be some finger pointing. People will point fingers again if this continues. Like yesterday was not a great day to be employed by the Timberwolves if you're a decision maker, whether you be you're trying to make the payment plans or you're just getting paid a lot of money to make decisions. Like that was a pretty egregious. Walker Kessler is all over my timeline today. I'm just trying to look at football stuff like he's just all over my for you page and fall like it sucks so bad loss um because they also could have just won that game too like they were without 90 million dollars of really good players that would have helped yes the jazz were without marketing but carl and rudy man um but he filleted them at the biggest moment and that is not a good sign moving forward so yeah, I, I, th- I feel like I have to ask the ne- I have to ask the next question too because we're 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 already this far down. You know, it, it happened in front of your face yesterday. The guy put up twenty twenty one and four on seventy percent shooting. Like, so I, I have to ask this too. I think the the initial thought after the Memphis series was that it probably made sense to sort of run it back. If you could swap maybe D'Lo out for a different type of point guard, I would have been open to that last summer. But there there was a lot of value. And just kind of running it back in 2022-23, whoever you draft gets added to the mix. You know, maybe there's a, maybe you can still get a Kyle Anderson in, you know, a move like that. Um, But largely bringing the same collection as last year back, bring Vando back, bring Pat, but Pat Bev, by the way, shooting 47% from three over the last three weeks. So he's sort of waking up again. Um, But if you were to run it all the way back, Mm -hmm. Whatever happens this year happens, and then next summer or this upcoming summer, Delo's contract comes off the books. You don't have the Gobert contract, and you are you have a, essentially a max slot opening up along with the Anthony Edwards and Jay McDaniel's contract extensions. <laughs> I it, it literally literally makes my stomach turn even asking this. But how would you feel about this season if they had kept the core group together, added Walker Kessler? And had a max contract slot available in free agency in six months from now. <laughs> One of my random takes last year at the draft was that I thought you have the two timelines pre Gobert, Carl and Delo, and then Ant and Jaden. And my biggest thing was like, hey, has anyone thought about that the Wolves don't have like a third young piece to kind of attach to that second timeline? Like, yeah, Jalen, Noel, Nasri, but those guys aren't signed long term. Yeah. Imagine if, like, is there a better player? And I like Rudy. That's, like, the weird part about this. Like, I like Rudy. I'm still kind of pro-Rudy, the player. But no longer is it just about the player. It's like Walker Kessler would have been a fantastic third banana, just a shot-blocking, rebounding Steven Adams type to put next to your John Morant, right? To put next to your Desmond Bain or whatever. So, I don't know. Again, I'm trying really hard here to to spin this. Um, The Boston Celtics like had a tremendous scandal in the summer and lost their coach who was like a top seven coach in the league. And they figured it out. Uh, The Golden State Warriors just like lost Kevin Durant. And like they figured it out. Um, Those are 
bigger and better franchises than whatever we're covering. But there's this isn't all doom and gloom. There's ways to figure this out. But man, you came in here and within six weeks, like put yourself behind the eight ball to a situation now. Like we've always said, they're not going to fire Tim Connolly. Like everyone relax. He's going to be given another opportunity to make another seismic move to mm-hmm. kind of clean all this up. That is coming at some point. Um, but yeah, man, he just if it would have been like some random guard out of Villanova that they traded to Utah, it would have been one thing, but you basically kind of drafted what you needed and then just went for the guy who makes more money and has more trophies in his trophy case. And it's like, yeah. uh, that's you paid for past performance. And it's like, so, that's, now you're here. And that, and, and now you're sort of left. I, I still think in terms of what's possible this season, you know, and we'll get to your uh, Western conference playoff picture update later in the episode here, but you know, they're still hanging around. Like they're right on that bubble, but they're between the sixth and the ninth seed pretty mm-hmm. much on a daily basis. There's a bunch of teams jumbled together. There's a couple teams above them, like the Kings that might come down to earth a little bit. So they're still, even as they try to figure this thing out, I still think they finish above 500. I still think they are playing in at least a play-in game. I think they, they probably get into the, my guess is they would play a playoff series yep. again, I think. I don't know how much more than that is possible. And then you're left to sort of confront what's next. Is there... Do you have any belief that the core pieces that they have right now, minus D'Lo, because I, th- I don't think D'Lo is a part of this thing long-term, and we'll get to his comments, but mm-hmm. I'm talking specifically the Cat, Gobert, and Anthony Edwards trio going forward. Is that a trio that you feel like can still be built around as a Western Conference power, or are you out on that trio? Uh, I, I would like to, with how Ant... When, when this all started with we're going to have two bigs, it was all, a lot about two, like, okay, cool, is going to have a much better, you know, pick and roll partner and all that stuff. And we didn't know Ant could do this stuff that he has done. And we're like, God, I hope he takes a leap back in October. It is very clear that Anthony Edwards has taken the offensive leap to be essentially Luke, like Luka Doncic, like at a much lower level. But, like, I think he's averaging, like, 25, 6, and 5. Yeah. I was listening to um, Zach Lowe too. and Bill Simmons kind of do their all-star stuff. He's just averaging numbers that like Paul George averages, right? He's averaging mm-hmm. all-star numbers. Uh, and then Jaden, as we've talked about all the graphs or anything else, like his, well, I know we're focused on the jazz game, but they did like beat a really good Cavaliers team. And Jaden McDaniels essentially shut down Donovan Mitchell, who is an all-star. Um, so to answer your question, I know I'm dancing here, but Jaden is part of that foundation. Um, and I would like to see those four play some games together. Like can Carl, well, Carl unlock a little more Rudy. One, I mean, God, dude, we haven't seen Carl Anthony Towns play in months. Like, I'd like to see mm-hmm. him play again. Um, maybe Ants more of the fulcrum on offense, running the point. You just got a Kyle Anderson out yeah. there at TP. So I'm not ready to blow up those four. But I've also said, and we said this when we started the podcast in July, like it's going to be at some point Ant, Jaden, and one of the bigs. <laughs> and you spin the other one for the picks that you lost and stuff. But Yesterday was tough, man. I know I'm sounding like I'm grieving because I kind of am, but uh, you could have just had this third banana, a banana that none of us wanted. If you're listening to this, you didn't want Walker Kessler. Come on. I remember us being like, why would we trade for a center? We have Carl. Or why would we draft a center? We have Carl. Um, who can't, a, a center who can't shoot. He has done nothing to sh- like spread the floor. He's not shooting threes. And you had Vando at the time too, right? Yeah. And, and you know, from Utah's perspective, they, I think they're like top seven in non, like they've had most of their guys play marketing was up like, They've had a lot of injury luck, so they play a lot of Malik Beasley. They play a lot of Vando. They play a lot of Walker Kessler. 
they're below 500. Like it's not, you know, they didn't, and Pat Bev is a legend in these parts, but, and your numbers you said, but yeah, Pat Bev has missed a lot of time. He's just not watch Laker games. He's not good. He's might've lost a step. So yeah, I'm, I say all that to say, like, you know, they didn't trade away Kevin Durant and Giannis, but, man, you you made a move that you just realized, like, you went out to get this. You did. You went out to get this really expensive car when it's like, actually, we can get from point A to B with what we got in the garage. Right. And I, that, that's tough. I think that, like always, the beacon of hope here for Timberwolves fans is just Anthony Edwards. Yep, yep. That's and just... that I don't – I didn't wake up today any less hopeful. I woke up today and like, God damn, I can't go on Twitter because – Seven foot two white guys everywhere. He's literally like, I might have to block him. <laughs> but, uh, but you've been he, blocked on Twitter by hey, Walker Kessler. <laughs> yeah, no, only there's only one big center blocking people on Twitter. And it's not Walker. Uh, but yeah, if, as long as Ant's here and Jaden again, who was I thought pretty good yesterday, although again, foul trouble is the reason he missed most of the fourth quarter. He would have significantly helped as they tried to close that thing out. But uh, Anthony Edwards to me is the story of the season. There are so many other stories. There are so many other things that make Wolves fans really mad, and I am with all those things. But this kid's 21, and he took the leap, and he will outlast the Rudy Gobert deal and the existence of it. He will outlast yeah. all those picks. And as long as he continues to take leaps, um, did you make the Rudy Gobert trade for Carl or for Ant? I don't know. That's a Tim Connolly question or a Mark Laurie question. But you do have Ant, and he is the, like again, he is the centerpiece now of all this stuff moving forward. And when Tim makes his next deal, like maybe a D'Angelo Russell deal, everything has to be how does it benefit number one. Um, another beacon of hope, I guess, if you will. <laughs> Do you know who's leading the Timberwolves in points per 36 minutes this season among players who've played at least 10 games? Nas Reed? No, he's, he's fifth. He's pretty high. No. 20, 21 points, 10 rebounds per 36. Pretty good. Uh no, I don't. Luca Garza. Oh man! Now he... he's only played ninety four <laughs> minutes, but he's averaging twenty six points per thirty six minutes in those ninety four minutes. When you break them down, yeah, he got. I watched the game this morning. He got a little cooked yesterday by Walker. That was one. Maybe size is just kind of Luca's, you know, kryptonite or whatever. But um, Garza's giving him good minutes. Nas Reed is giving him good minutes. And again, it kind of makes you wonder why you thought you needed to have all these big guys, but again, the finger thing, it's all I can grasp to for now. It's like, this is, this is it. There is no going back. You know, you can't undo the Herschel Walker trade. I don't think that's what this is in terms of Minnesota transaction history, but it's never good when the guy that you trade plus all the other stuff just outplays the one person you got back. Like this isn't like the, the D'Angelo Russell thing where you like got Omari Spellman back and you're like, well, maybe he's normal. It's like, no, actually he's a weirdo. You got one player, and that player was hurt yesterday, and you have nothing else to show for it. So, yeah. uh, you might say that the Wolves need to be a little bit more sharp in their decision making. <laughs> I want to tell you, Kyle, about a product I recently discovered called Vivrant Online Knife Sharpening. Okay. Oh, okay. So, uh, we mailed our kitchen knives in, and Vivrant professionally sharpened and mailed them back all within just a few days. So my wife and I are making a, a concerted effort to just go out to eat a little less. Let's Love let's it. let's be adults and cook our own meals and just enjoy <laughs> our time in the kitchen, try new recipes, just be healthier. And uh, having some freshly sharpened kitchen knives has really helped us enhance this experience. And so if you've never had your knives sharpened, and most people haven't, it's funny because most people have knives, but most people don't get them sharpened. You just kind of go about; they just get dull over right, the course yeah. of months and years. <laughs> 
It's a game-changing experience that I would recommend to anybody. And Vivrant makes the process super easy. They send replacement knives to you. And by the way, it's like you don't just like throw your knives in an envelope, you know, and stab the mailman. <laughs> they they send you like great packaging, and it's all a very honed experience that you can find out more about at Vivrant.com. V-I-V-R-O-N-T.com. That's Vivrant.com. And the first 100 SCORE listeners to use the promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, will receive a free vegetable peeler as well with your order. So check that it out. That sounds awesome. Literally, like, my wife's going to listen to that and be like, "Are because we, we do, we're just kind of dumb the knives down until they're just a big, thick piece of metal, and then you just start, yeah. like, banging them on the food. Um, <laughs> just ha- you're hammering your, your yeah, uh, onions and stuff. Shout out to Vivron for uh, knives. Again, if you're listening to this, maybe not pitchforks. Uh, they don't probably sharpen pitchforks. If you're <laughs> they might. To- Go to Target Center, but uh, knives, <laughs> knives. They will sharpen your knives. So shout out to them. Good sponsor. So um, D'Angelo Russell talked to Yahoo. And I always sometimes I wonder, like, how do these conversations come about? Did uh, is it Who's the Yahoo guy now? Did Jake, J- Jake Fisher. Jake Fisher. My favorite main media person doing this. Hung out with him in Vegas. He is a hippie. Uh, just long hair. Doesn't try <laughs> to grind like shams and woads. But, yeah, I would imagine that it's only like two or three quotes in this little article he posted, but he probably just texted D'Lo or just yeah. caught him when he was on a road trip and just like asked him a couple of questions, but Jake Fisher's the goat. So shout out to him. So Jake, Jake has this, he's uh, he's next in a long line of great Yahoo yes. NBA insiders. And uh, he asked D'Lo about, you know, Hey, your name, once again, your name is coming up in trade rumors. And he's been with about 14 different teams in seven years or whatever. And D'Lo said, quote, you either take advantage of me and my ability or F up the opportunity with me. It's as simple as that. I'm going to continue the article here. As part of a response to how he is currently helping push fellow Timberwolves guard Anthony Edwards, Russell said, quote, I'm an alpha as well. You know what I mean? And I feel like I'm better than a lot of shooting guards and I'm better than a lot of point guards. So, the way again, the way this is being characterized by Jake is, he asked him a question about, hey, how are you how are you helping this young superstar Anthony Edwards along? And instead of answering how he's doing that, D'Angelo Russell said, and again I quote, I'm an alpha as well. You know what I mean? And I feel like I'm better than a lot of shooting guards, and I'm better than a lot of point guards. The Heat have registered interest in D'Angelo Russell, a source told Yahoo Sports, but a direct deal for Lowry would appear unlikely. Lowry is just a few months away from entering the final season of his own contract worth roughly $30 million in average annual salary, so he has one more year left after this. It's hard to imagine Wolves officials being eager to extend the aging guard another exorbitant payday when he becomes extension eligible this summer, putting Minnesota in the exact situation it faced with Russell last July. So I agreed. A Russell for Lowry swap doesn't make sense unless the Heat kicks something in. Um but what what do you make of these sort of defiant comments by D'Lo? Well, those that first set of quotes was essentially my vows when I got married. It's like you either take advantage of me and my ability, or you f it up. So yep. that's kind of what I told my wife, and somehow she you're lucky. You're lucky in your life. No, I mean, and again, I, I know it sounds like shameless plug, but I I thought of all the timings and stuff. Like we are now three ish weeks from the trade deadline, um, and this conversation of trading D'Lo or not trading D'Lo is not your average conversation. It's not about just getting rid of the player. As Dane highlighted, like there is substantial stuff that ties into this move that dates all the way up to like 2025, 2026, like luxury tax payments. Um, You can't just send them away 
to Thailand with Cliff Kingsbury or something and just be like, oh, we feel better now because you might not be able to address what is a super important position, the quarterback of your team. So uh, it's going to be very interesting, but from everything that's been reported and the stuff you hear, it's like, I don't think they've ever thought about extending him. So if you're not going to extend him, as again, Dane points out, like you don't just get to carry this. Also, I can't even imagine what happens if they don't move him. Like how, and you don't get a deal done. Like how does that February, March play out? I should also say too, rewatching the game. I thought he was kind of awesome <laughs> yesterday against the Jazz. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's actually having like if you take the first ten games out, if you just look at like the last thirty games, he's he's been fine. Yeah, largely. He, yeah, I just say that to simply say that like these problems are like the walk. Like D'Angelo Russell didn't trade Walker Kessler. D'Angelo Russell didn't take the last shot yesterday for having ice in his veins. Like these Wolves problems aren't tied to D'Lo. But if you're a D'Lo fan, it's because as we've said for months. This is the one guy who doesn't have roots here past June 30th. Like, this is the one guy that, I don't know, man, like if Carl was an impending free agent, we'd be having these conversations. Um, And you do have to figure it out. So I get the Miami thing, the salary slot. You kind of buy yourself another year. Do I think Kyle Lowry is a better player than D'Angelo Russell? No. Um, Do I think maybe he's a better leader, an adult? I don't know, maybe. But it's a serious topic, and I think the D'Lo stuff that popped up, I think, last Friday, like, was the first match into, like, you know, I, I, I want to maybe get my side of the story out there. I want to get my message out there that, and I don't, I don't know. I don't love that stuff, but yeah, nothing I, you said was wrong. I, I don't, I don't, why, why is he being quoted in this way? I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming the author at all. Like, if a mm-hmm. player cuts a vein open like this, like, you print it, mm-hmm. but why in a season that has been a grind for this team and you're trying to figure it out and build chemistry, what are you doing? Why are, why are yeah. you saying these things publicly? So, th- mm-hmm. so his comments and on one side, I love when guys say stuff like this because we get to talk <laughs> about it on Flagrant House. So yeah. I'm being kind of a hypocrite. But from just like a, a team chemistry standpoint, I don't understand how these comments – help at all if i'm anthony edwards i'm looking at this being like guy what do you is it's like a competition between who's the most alpha between mm-hmm. us you know why are you framing it this way the other thing that kind of bothers me about d'lo and these comments highlight it even more he lacks basketball self-awareness he's a good player i think he thinks he is an elite franchise leading type of a player that's just been held back by Every team he's been on, he's never gotten a fair shake. He's never been, there's always an Anthony Edwards coming in to take his spot. Or he's always getting, you know, I'm getting benched at the end of the, the Memphis series. How dare you, right? But it's like, but you're not that good. He's a, he's like a fringe top 100 player in the NBA. He's, he's, he's destined for two things in the future. One of two paths. And it's, I don't, I don't, you'd correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think he would disagree. He's either going to be an excellent sixth man, 25, 30 minute scoring punch guy. Think about like the Jamal Crawfords, guys that came in and they give you, hey man, we need a burst. Our offense isn't clicking. Go out there and chuck it, man. Just go, go get your little mid range shots. Go take your threes, get to the free throw line. He's going to be a sixth man on a good team that can go deep in the playoffs. That would require some basketball self awareness. Or he's going to be the best player on a team that wins 30 games or less on a regular basis. I think he thinks he's the best player on a team. And if, and so if he had to choose one of those two paths, I think he would choose 
well, give me my 35, 40 minutes and give me my, give me as much money as you can. And, and, and let me operate as the James Harden from five years ago, but he's not that good. Yeah. I don't disagree with anything said. I, uh, like, I just try to think of an athlete's perspective. Um, like, I think Jalen Noel thinks he's the best player on the Timberwolves, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes that confidence stuff is, like, what keeps these guys going. But into your vein, like, yeah, I uh, – the only reason I bring up yesterday is because I don't think the Wolves lost yesterday because of D'Lo. But, no. again, with, there's, two, there's two sides to this. Like, the fact of the matter is I'm not the one saying this is Ant's team, really. Like, Austin Rivers said that. Torian Prince said, like – these guys have now isolated. We know this is the guy. This is the top of the pecking order. Whatever power rankings you have, the ants at the top. And if Deal thinks he has to be at the top, but he's older and he doesn't bring as much to the table as Ant, then you got to clear that sh- stuff up, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then you factor in contracts and you factor in personality, and it's like, this is why this is not going away. This dude, this is going to be the topic every single day. He's going to be in every article for the next two and a half, three weeks. We're only going to keep talking about it. Um, and you have to figure it out. Uh. I think I'm with you on, I think you could put him in situations where like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's in Brooklyn next to KD and you have a lot of other guys around him and he can be a winning player, but that's not here anymore. The ball needs to be in Anthony Edwards hands. It needs to be running through Carl or Rudy, like yeah. pick and roll. Well, um, so, so you're saying like, let's just play that game for a second. If you were, so then are the, what are the Nets are? The Nets are on fire, right? The Nets are still one of the pretty, like, they lost best KD, teams. They've fallen apart a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, they're tied for the two zero shots. Tied for the two seed when when they've been healthy they've been incredible. Um, if you were to swap out Kyrie Irving for D'Angelo Russell, that team does not still have twenty seven wins, you know. But he, I think, I think he thinks that he is that caliber player. I, I my my only thing with the D'Lo stuff, and again, I I just think it's going to come to an end here soon, um, these next couple weeks, is that there's like a little Wiggins in it, not only because they were traded for one another, but like. It, the, the Wolves just needed to part ways with Wiggins. It was just kind of done. Like we've run its course, whatever we got to pay. We're a small market team. We're a joke. Like we got to move him. And then he went to a really good organization that taught him like Draymond Green, Steph Clay, like they taught him how to unlock stuff. The Wolves just could never do that. That sucks. Whatever. That mm-hmm. is the penance we pay. If he goes to Miami and like a Lowry trade, maybe D'Lo is untrainable. I don't know if I believe that, but like, can you imagine if he bought into heat culture? Oh my God. And then he started like, yeah, it's a good point. Was like third team, all defense. All of a sudden it's like, oh my God, that's why you can't just dump them. Like you do need to go find a good deal. But as we've learned throughout these first 45 games or whatever, like it's ant, we don't even know what Carl fits into this stuff. And I think Carl's an all-star like you, it's, it's just gonna, it might not even be Delo's fault, but he's going to have to be moved because it might not be you. It might be us. Um, and that's just, that's why this doesn't go away. It doesn't go away because this is the next transaction and they have to decide on it by February 9th. They can't just be like, well, shit, well, we'll talk about it in April. No, no, no. You either know he's going to be here next year on February 10th or you know he's not going to be here on February 9th. Yeah, yeah. And you just kind of brought up too in terms of like if you're a Timberwolves fan, you're you're swimming in the ocean looking for, you know, Walker, Walker Kessler is over here on the pirate ship <laughs> taunting you and you're you're looking for a beacon of hope and – I think the fact that that we have found out in the last month and a half, Anthony Edwards is pretty damn good at being the fulcrum, as mm-hmm, as you put mm-hmm. it earlier, to this team offensively. Having him as the fulcrum with Carl Anthony Towns on the floor on a more regular basis, instead of maybe D'Lo as the fulcrum and Ants off the ball. I mean, th- there are some iterations of this mm-hmm. with the same guys that 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 are interesting to watch over the next couple of months for sure, but. Yeah, the other thing too is like 
Jordan McLaughlin's been out with a calf injury for a month and a half, too. I'm not saying that he should be playing 35 minutes a night, but if if he were healthy, I think you'd feel better about trading D'Lo in the short term, too, as you're trying to fight for playoff positioning, too, because oh, at least, like, you know that Jordan McLaughlin can run the offense competently when the ball isn't in Ant's hands or or uh, D'Lo's hands, but it, I don't know. I know. There's no timetable on him right now. I know I sound like a D'Lo apologist. I'm really not. I just... I kind of went through this with Wiggins. It was like, he's untradeable. He's hit his ceiling, blah, 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 blah. And then I watched what he did in Golden State. And I was okay with the Wiggins trade because in the end, like it did net result through weird ways. Anthony yeah. Edwards and Jay McDaniels. But um, yeah, like if you move off a of D'Lo, this team, going back to topic one, like the people running this team don't have a backup point guard. Like, yes, it has empowered Anthony Edwards. That's great. But we are now like entering month three of Jordan McLaughlin, like, not being alive like that's weird like why don't if you're if walker kessler pick was so great and scouted so well and that was a great draft pick is wendell moore also a good draft pick like can he run a little backup point it's weird that an nba team has just decided to not have a backup point guard even if ant is the experiment <laughs> so just another just another thought or log on the fire but uh yeah if they had jordan mclaughlin and he was running stuff and they're like well we'll just i don't know ant kyle jordan mclaughlin will figure out 48 minutes of a point guard It'd be fine, but you don't have that, you know, twenty-two minute point guard on the bench. So, Disres- the disrespect of, of point Kyle Anderson here is uh, palpable. Second career triple double yesterday. He was fantastic. Like Kyle Anderson. Well, I mean, this isn't this is a we. You always say it low bar. Kyle Anderson, the single greatest move made under the current regime. I mean, they signed him before the Rudy deal. They didn't have to like overpay. Yeah. Um, I also was like Kyle Anderson. I don't know, man. That guy doesn't seem to fit well. He is already a top 25 Timberwolf in franchise history. <laughs> we'll do that list that's, a, that's an off-season list for sure. Yeah. How far but, we should do an uncomfortably long greatest Timberwolves of all time list. Deal. Like, to, like the top, top 40. One, top 100 Timberwolves will drop <laughs> this summer. Um, Felton Spencer coming in at number 39. Yep. Cole Aldridge. Dean still, Garrett. at Yeah. Cole Aldridge and Dean Garrett tied for 40th. But I, I seriously wonder where, like, we will do this, by the way, but Kyle Anderson is going to come way higher on that list and he has played 45 basketball games he's going to be way higher on that list than people that they've drafted and tried to figure out over 300 400 games yeah he's uh Shout to he's Kyle. one of the most like interesting players to watch too like even his free throw motion it, it, like well, why so do they call cool. him slow-mo oh i get it okay watch him for five minutes he's so great and he was again i know we're not really doing recap by recap but he was great against the jazz he solves so many issues right now um, a game they should have won, but yeah, if you have Kyle Anderson and he can get you 10 assists in a game and you can throw Jalen Noel out there or Jordan McLaughlin with one leg and ant, like maybe you don't, you know, need that point guard for this stretch run. So yeah, we'll the deal trade rumors are whether you like them, you don't like them. Uh, one thing I've learned doing this is that when there's smoke, there is fire. Even oh, yeah. if he's your favorite player or you don't like him, like this stuff doesn't just come up for no reason. This is because this is all that's being talked about behind the scenes. I would be curious if is there something you could attach a value to D'Lo to get like a first round pick back because it's because you'd be yeah, talking I, about it's a valuable expiring contract. So there, I'm not saying that someone's going to give a first round pick for the expiring contract. I mean, it has happened before that teams really want that cap space. But um, what you know, what besides Kyle Lowry is out there? in terms of value that you could take back? And is there, is there a bigger trade that you could build another asset that you could kick in to get more value back? I'd have to do some digging on this, but and, you know, remember how 
D'Angelo Russell going to Golden State was like, what? They're going to sign that guy? That doesn't make any sense. They have Clay, they have Steph, they got they got yeah. this pool kid who's kind of fun, but they did it because they thought one, we can maybe change his value a little bit, and then two, asset management, asset management. So I'm never a believer anymore that like a player can't be traded. Russell Westbrook's been traded multiple times and is falling off a cliff. John Wall, Delo, like you can make this stuff work. And some team out there, and Phil, you know this covering any sport, like there's always that team that's like, you know what? If we just get him into our building, we can make this work. So if we can pay 70 cents to get D'Lo, and the Wolves are like, well, we would take 70 cents. Like, yeah, but we could get a steal. So uh, I think there'll be way more teams yeah. involved in Miami, but um, this isn't going away, and it might be the last couple weeks that he's on the team. Very interesting. All right, it's time now for the oh, Western boy. Conference playoff picture update. On flagrant howls, okay? So uh, the bad news is there's been some separation <laughs> at the top of the Western Conference. Yeah. For a while, you could sit and say, well, the Wolves, the Wolves are kind of a fringe playing team, but they're only like five back of the one seed. Well, Denver and Memphis continue to rack up wins. Memphis has 10 straight wins now. And so uh, Denver and Memphis are both 30 and 13, four and a half games clear of the Pelicans, who uh, they operate the three seed right now. The Sacramento Kings, who've won four in a row, are sitting at 24 and 18 as the four seed. Also, I believe, still the highest scoring team in the NBA. They're averaging 120 points per night in it's Sacramento. Incredible. It's incredible. The Mavericks sitting at 24 and 21, and the Clippers at 23 and 22. Those are your top six. You're playing teams right now Warriors, Jazz, Timberwolves, Blazers. So the eight, nine, and 10 are all tied in terms of uh, just games behind the one mm-hmm. seed. And then you've got a half game back in the 11th spot outside the playing window, the Thunder. The Suns are right now the 12th seed. Injuries, Booker and Chris Paul out. They've just been getting run up and down. They can't win a road game. And then the Lakers, who beat the Rockets last night, are occupying the 13th seed. But here's the crazy thing. From the five seed down to the 13 seed, only two and a half game, three and a half games separating all those teams. It's, so it, it changes night to night between five and six all the way down to 12 and 13. The Timberwolves are in ninth at 22 and 23. I looked this up based on tiebreakers. They're in ninth. Had Jaden McDaniels hit a corner three yesterday, They'd be in sixth. Yeah. So again, we we still have three months left of this whole picture, and filling. No one enjoys doing updated standings in January more than you and I. But I mean that that is how razor thin it is. Like if you would have hit one shot, you would have been clear of the plan, and you missed that shot, and you are a half game out or almost clear of missing the plan. So uh, I did. This isn't a flex. This is just someone that texted me this. But like uh, someone who works with the team on Wolves related was like, I think this might be the craziest trade deadline in like a decade. Um, simply because like I watch a lot of Blazers games being out here. There are teams that might make pushes and be buyers that should automatically be sellers. And there's sellers that might be like, well, I don't know. We're a half game back of the plan. Like our yeah. owner wants us to be, I think you're going to see a ton of movement and it's going to, that's why the deal stuff won't go away. There's teams that are going to, like you said, five to 13 is split by three and a half games. That's one week of a hot streak or a cold streak. So well, another uh, way to look at this, too, is you bring up, like, if Jade McDaniels hits the three, well, let's let's just give them the loss yesterday. If you just beat the Pistons twice, yep. you'd be tied for the five seed right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good, thank you. 
the man, the Pistons, the Pistons man, dude. The Pistons have just grinded dry January for me and many others. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, so the Pistons are kind of pissed. They're like, I mean, come on, guys. Our 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 bench is out here running out your starters. Uh, we're just trying to tank and get the best possible ping pong odds, but you guys are making it hard for us. And a little look ahead. I mean, the the Wolves are on national TV tomorrow night against the Nuggets. Um, the Nuggets actually play tonight, so a weird situation for them. But then you know they have the Raptors, who I think are bottom five in the in the East right now. Then two games against Houston, who, with all due respect, I've dubbed like the worst basketball team I've watched in a decade from like a leadership standpoint. How they like play basketball. Um, and then you get a couple Sacramento games, a couple more. I mean, there's it's a nice little schedule coming up, um, but you got to get healthy a little bit. I mean, we we do sugarcoat a little bit that they were missing like a majority of their payroll yesterday afternoon. Um, but you also can't be the deepest team in the league and not have that yeah. be an excuse. Like you got to go out there and win some of these games. And when you lose to Detroit, but then you beat Cleveland, that's you know a net neutral. That's a really good job. So you lose to the Jazz when you should win. Maybe you got to beat the Nuggets again uh, in Denver. So it'll be, it's not going to get any less exciting over these next three months. That's for sure. And that is your Western Conference playoff picture update on Flagrant Owls. All right, Kyle. I think that's where we're going to wind this podcast down here. If you could, if you are a fan of the show and if you've made it this far, you've either just woken up from a nap and we are still talking to you, or you like us, you really like us, please click the subscribe button and the like button on the Score North YouTube channel, and or if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple slash Spotify. All of those things help spread the word about this now top 100 national basketball podcast according to uh, Apple's charts. That's right. Climbing the charts. I don't even know if there are 100 basketball podcasts out there, but we're one of them. My dad texted me. Skip Bayless used to do this a lot about some stupid podcast he was on, but he goes, the Flagrant Howls is the fastest-growing Timberwolves podcast at Score North. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's actually pretty accurate. We might be the it only is. one, but uh, that's accurate yes. too. So, no, uh, a lot of cool games coming up. I always appreciate the support, um, and I'm just going to go. I'm going to go stare at that wine bottle in, in the cupboard and just think about uh, it. You're halfway home. You're halfway home here. Yes. And then you get uh, you get two. I think you're going to get championship Sunday. No, you're going to miss that one. But the Super Bowl is is you'll be able to drink during the Super strategic, Bowl. Strategic, strategic. Yeah, and the trade deadline, which might be the, the biggest <laughs> one. All right, he's Kyle. I'm Phil. This is your Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant House. See you guys.